Uh, I saw Flash. Oh yeah, how was? Do that? you care about the Flash? I mean, yeah, I just not <laughs> of all the characters that was like, <laughs> I don't know. Don't it's like it's too jokey, too jokey. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's like okay. Shazam. Okay. Like, all right. I thought the first Shazam was good. The second one, eh. but I feel was like it good? was it good. Flash. You know what? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was pretty good. Yeah. I uh, I think it might have killed you because there was a lot of things where like you watch it and you're like, but why would they? And doesn't that mean that doesn't this not make sense if they so I feel like the like the little nitpicker that lives in your heart and soul, I think it probably would have unraveled you. Uh, so maybe not your cup of tea. But yeah, I had a good time with it. I did uh, some weird cameo choices. I really liked uh, Supergirl in it. Uh, okay. Fun to see Michael Keaton back as Batman, you know. Yeah, that was I saw that in the trailer and I'm like all right like i don't yeah. know it was like it was like the nostalgia of me going like okay that's a pretty yeah. big member berry you know i know that's not, that's i know a, yeah yeah oh, it's it's definitely one of those did i need it no am i glad to have seen it yeah yeah i think yeah. so not like shazam where i was just like wow it's been like 45 minutes and we still haven't gotten to the movie yet yeah <laughs> that's that's true joking around and arguing as a family and i was like yeah okay yeah, yeah. I, I got that from the first movie that their family got that. This is the second mm -hmm. movie. Just get into the movie. Yeah. Oh man. The Shazam movies are a rough watch. I honestly I think I kind of liked the second Shazam movie better than the first, but they're both really? pretty pretty low on my list. Yeah, I think I did. But you're right. I mean, it does take you a long it takes a long time for that train to leave the station, no doubt. I don't think I finished it. So that's not fair. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's not fair for me to like be like that movie stinks because I don't know it could come around and be completely awesome at the end. Oh, I don't know. it's certainly the second half is better than the first. I don't know if it's enough right. to like save it in your eyes, but like <laughs> my wife didn't even watch it, and I was kind of like, maybe you should, maybe you should. I don't know. The mm -hmm. DC movies are such a hot mess; it's really hard to know. I, I don't know. I know. I feel like I'd rather see Black Adam, but I keep forgetting to. Oh, I liked that. Black Adam. I really yeah. did like Black Adam. Yeah, the last superhero movie I saw was the Thor Love and Thunder and that one just left such a bad taste. Yeah, that wasn't a good time for like, you. I know. I'm done. I'm you done. You had a rough time. You had a yeah. rough time. Yeah. Mjolnir when Mjolnir when the hammer, the OG hammer was your favorite character in the yeah. movie. That's bad. Something's gone terribly bad. wrong. So, yeah. 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 Welcome to This Endorian Life, a Star Wars podcast from the Radio Meanwhile Network. My name is Steve Rudd. My name is Nick Gunning, and we're following the Ewoks from Return of the Jedi, the Ewok TV movies, the 80s cartoons and comics, and beyond. And beyond, yeah. Today we are discussing Ewoks number one, The Rainbow Bridge. This comic book was published under Marvel's Star imprint on May 1st, 1985. <laughs> So after the show, this was produced after the show, the comic. No, I think it was kind of concurrent with the first season, right? Because we got through 86. Yeah. Well, that's true. It was through 86. I'm, yeah. I'm wrong. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it, it might have outlasted time. the show. I don't know. We'll have to see when we get to the final issue. But uh, today's episode was illustrated by Warren Kremer, written by David Manick. It's collected many different times. I don't know how you read it. I have it in this uh, omnibus, the Star Wars and Droids omnibus. From yes. Dark Horse. Yeah, we read it the same way. Yeah. But it is collected in a smaller version called Star Wars 
Ewoks flight to danger where the first five issues of the Ewoks comics are collected. So maybe you read it that way. That's our featured uh, collection for the first five issues. Here is our featured member of the creative team. Outside of the Star Wars universe, David Manick also wrote the star imprint series Planet Terry. Reach for the stars with the 80s spacefaring sensation. With Robata and the mighty Omnis by his side, nothing can stop young Planet Terry as he journeys the galaxy in search of his long-lost parents. While fending off threats such as the Ruby Monster, the Tarant Tarantula Lugs, <laughs> and Vermin the Vile, <laughs> Sam Space, intergalactic private eye, lends a hand against the evil Repugna and her mad menagerie of monsters, and the prison planet Alphatraz just might turn our hero into Planet Terrible. The secret of Space Station W-22 will change his life, but will he ever find his folks? Don't be so sure when you even want to, Terry. It's action, fun, and family drama and a cosmic saga like no other from Marvel's classic 1980s all-ages imprint. Ooh, that was a mouthful. So, yeah, Marvel had this star imprint that was basically their, like, little kid comics, and Ewoks and droids were yeah. part of this, as was this planet Terry. And it wasn't until I was reading that out loud that I realized it's just planetary. Like, planet Terry. Planet Planetary, planetary, yeah. Like All the names. Galactic planetary, planetary. Yeah, I get it now. The vials, Sam Space. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder Hurry. what that's like. You know, like I don't know. I don't know. The uh, the whole Ewok series, Androids, is on the Marvel app. I wonder if this uh, Planet Terry is on the app too. Maybe I'll look into it. I bet it is. If it's Marvel, it Marvel it should be. I mean, I feel like it should be. I feel like know. it should be too. I'll get to the bottom of it. <laughs> oh man so what'd you think i mean i i i kind of enjoyed it i did too i thought this could have been an episode this could have been one of the 12 minute episodes. i wish it would have been an episode because it's better yeah. than a lot of the episodes so yeah <laughs> i mean it's all right it's problems i think but you know yeah yeah like i was like ah this fits in with basically what we just saw it definitely you know, does for the past yeah. year <laughs> yeah so i agree so, uh, well, let me get into it, man. Let's do it. Let me hear. Plot. Let me hear about uh, it. The Rainbow Bridge. We open to Wicket, Tebow, and Princess Nisa racing through the forest to avoid a thunderstorm while picking sunberries when Nisa suddenly and accidentally steps on a poisonous nightshade thorn. In a panic, the boys get Nisa back to Bright Tree Village and sound the alert for Chief Chirpa to get Logray and the village healer. Chirpa is greatly saddened as we find out there is no cure to the nightshade prick, and the group Yeesh. can only wait and make Nisa comfortable. Logray, however, begins to remind Chirpa of the Rainbow Bridge, but is quickly shut down and leaves. Wicket and Tebow overhears this and are curious. They follow Logray back to his hut, where Logray reluctantly tells them the story of the Rainbow Bridge. Mm -hmm. Long ago, an ogre named Gontu terrorized the Ewok lands. He lived on the other side of the Gorge of Fire in a land called Xandar and traveled back and forth using a crystal that in the sunlight forms a rainbow bridge over the gorge. A very brave young Ewok named Chirpa followed the ogre back to its lands one day and found a bottle of glowing liquid in its cave. Chirpa stole that and the magic crystal and managed to escape. To this day, the crystal is still kept safe, and the liquid that he recovered was found to have healing powers. Unfortunately, this glowing liquid has recently run dry due to the Endor Plague. Logray says no more and dismisses the two young Ewoks. 
secretly hoping they attempt to recover more glowing liquid. Oh. Yeah, yeah, really. Oh, dastardly. Wicket and Tebow do, in fact, set off to steal the Rainbow Bridge crystal. They manage to easily nab the crystal, which is guarded by old Ebab sleeping on his shift. They bring the crystal to the Gorge of Fire, and it works. The bridge forms, and Wicket, along with his with a hesitant Tebow, cross, nearly falling when a small cloud covers the sun. Safely across the gorge, they discover the local rocks are alive and are called Xandar rocks. The rocks tell the Ewoks that the ogre has destroyed their land and precious sunny dew flowers. The ogre uses the flower's nectar for light and has decimated their entire crop. Even so, Wicket picks up what little dying vegetation he can find in hopes maybe it will work even though the crop is clearly gone. The Ewoks tell the rocks that the Sunnydew Nectar is exactly what they need to save their friend. The rocks gladly show the Ewoks the ogre's cave. Wicket and Tebow manage to get inside but are caught by the ogre when trying to steal the glowing nectar. The ogre is angry as he needs it because he is afraid of the dark. The ogre tries to capture the Ewoks, and in, in the tussle, the rainbow crystal shatters, plus the bowl of glowing sunnydew nectar spills all over the ogre. Now glowing, the ogre runs off so the Ewoks are safe for now, but the nectar is gone, and Wicket and Tebow are devastated. The ground has absorbed the nectar, and sunnydew sprouts form. The Xandar rocks rejoice as now the seeds will spread and once again they will cover their land. With the Rainbow Bridge crystal now destroyed, Wicket and Tebow have no way to get home. Luckily, the Xandar rocks lend their aid and make a tunnel under the gorge so that the Ewoks can return home. Back at the village, the end seems very near for Princess Nisa. Wicket and Tebow inform Chief Chirpa that they failed to bring back Nectar to save Nisa. Suddenly, Tebow discovers that Wicket's bag is glowing. When the Sunnydew nectar spilled, some of it must have splashed on the dying plant in his bag, causing it to recover quickly as a Sunnydew flower. Quickly, Wicket drips some of the flower's nectar on Nisa, and she instantly recovers. Nisa is a bit confused, but delighted that Wicket gave her such a pretty flower. Wicket jokingly admits he found it at the end of the rainbow. Roll credits. Well, right away, this took me back to season one. Yes. Of the show, because it was like tonally, it's very much in line with season one. Something happens, yeah. something simple happens, and it's like a cataclysm. And the only way to solve it is for children to go across the moon and do some, some dangerous thing and, and bring it back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So very much in line with season one, which I liked. I thought was cool. I think it's a strong start. I think it works well as a comic book. I think the illustrations are solid. I can't tell if it's just the printing in this omnibus or what. Like, I, I, mean, I should have gone and checked the app or something. The colors are very drab in mine for the most they part. Very, very, yeah? like, Wicked okay. and Tebow are, like, green and... Yeah. They're, like, green and yellow. It's basically, like, they're... Yeah. Like infectious snot colored. That's just the the, mm -hmm. the only way I can describe it. And I yeah. thought, I thought I just saw it wrong. Like towards the end, because when they're in the hut with Nisa, the the tones are very dark. So I kind of yeah. flipped back, looking like, oh no, they are 
almost the same shade throughout. It's just they appear brighter when there's more white on the page. Yeah. As opposed to when there's more dark. So it's a very strange color to choose because yeah. I feel like it does get affected by what other colors are, are on the page. It's true. Well, and I think, too, when you call something the Rainbow Bridge and then you see the Rainbow Bridge and it's sort of like weird brownie kind of pastel. Like even the Rainbow <laughs> Bridge itself is not that colorful. The cover from, you know, in the omnibus. Yeah, has yeah, yeah. The Rainbow Bridge, which is bright, which is very right. bright. Yeah, the but colors then, of a rainbow. Yeah. The, the actual colors of a rainbow right then you get to the rainbow <laughs> bridge and yeah you're yeah. kind of like it's like the the order is like very pale orange very light baby blue yellow very light purple and very light pink yeah that's not not close not even close weird i mean know? i'm sure but clearly like, on the page red like yeah there's red and green on the page. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the like color was all very could have weird. Made it those colors. Yeah. They definitely didn't so. reach. I don't know if like any of the later printings or whatever, like touched it up. So it's, it's more appealing. I'm sure like at the time this, yeah. this has like the aesthetic of, of, uh, you know, like a Richie rich comic or like a, like a Harvey, like the Harvey comic imprint. It always had this kind of like a, uh just these real like lazy colors i'm sure it's probably just cheap and marvel was probably like yeah. printing these things on the cheap you know so it's probably true to what they really looked like but it is it is noticeably drab which is kind of weird but again i don't think star wars was like a super hot property especially like kitty star wars stuff in 1985 like i i don't know yeah. if the fervor was really there like right in that moment i mean maybe it was two years after return of the jedi i don't know yeah, that's an interesting thought. I almost, I almost wish we had somebody who was like twenty years older than us. Yeah, on the show to ask the question: Were people pining for yeah. more expanded universe Star yeah. Wars? Not like, yeah. you know, it's it's. I, I feel like the expanded universe for Star Wars didn't really hit its stride till like the nineties yeah. when people were cranking books out. Yeah, you know, I guess late eighties maybe. Even if 90s, they did, though, they wouldn't have been wanting this. You know, that's the thing. True. Like it wouldn't, yeah. this wouldn't have been appealing to hardcore Star Wars fans. So it's just Ewoks and Droids has always just been like a real, real head scratcher for me. Like who you're aiming it's towards. Kids, because yes, yeah, Star Wars was not kid friendly until the prequels came out. Right, right. Yeah. So, so weird. But anyway, uh, I did like the story. I, I did like mm -hmm. the sort of simple, like you said, fetch quests, like element of it. I like that. I like that we got to see the flashback to young cheap Chirpa. I thought that was mm -hmm. kind of cool. We see yeah. him sort of being mischievous like the gang is. Uh, I thought that was cool. I like that they go uh, on this little journey. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it I think it works pretty well overall. You know, I yeah. like that they come back thinking that they've failed. And it's kind of this uh, miraculous thing that like, oh, wow, yeah. this actually did work out. I think it's a cool story. Yeah, they actually return like, well, crap. Our yeah, hat in hand. Like we day. lost it. Nisa's dead. <laughs> yeah. And I have her room, you know, like they're they're thinking she's done for. So uh, I, yeah. I mean, it's just like the what was the one where like it was, oh, you need to go. All the kids need to go do this thing or the planet's going to die. Right. Yeah, like, that's right. It's just like that, that one. one it's just like that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what? Let's talk negative for a minute. What What was your Oak of Arc moment? Okay. I had, I mean, I had a couple little nitpicky things. Yeah. But get, my, let me have them all. My, my straight up Oak of Arc was I, I had to look back and the 
basically the the frames where Nisa stepped on the thorns. Okay. The frame just before it, you can see Bright Tree Village. Like they're running to Bright Tree Village and she okay. steps on the thorn. And I'm thinking wh- who's allowing a <laughs> bush right near a like a murder in, bush. Yeah. A murder bush right yeah. outside the village. Like I can see the village. Maybe just like down the road, like five houses, yeah. there's like a pricker bush that will kill my kids if they yeah. touch it. You know, like so that to me, I was just like, all right. It would probably would have been better if it was like an animal that was new, or they were like, yeah, oh, what is true. that? Or they crawled into some cave or something, you know, like they've done. Yeah, yeah. and they told Logray like, oh, it was like this red lizard with a yellow yes. mohawk or something. He's like, oh no, that's the. The nightshade lizard, one bite yep. from that and you'll die. There's no cure, you know. And, and that kind of coincides with all my other little nitpicks where I'm like, I think the mechanics of this work because we've seen it before, right? Right, yeah. There's the calamity, right? Yeah. Nisa's going to die or Endor's going to die or some tree is going to die or something is going to die. And they need to go get something to get it. But to yeah. get that, they need to get something else. And I think right. that's a traditional mechanic in this. Sure, sure. I just thought it was weird that it was a crystal that created a rainbow bridge. Like, to me, it was yeah. just like, oh, man, it would have been so much better if they had to, like, convince a troll to get them across or something. Like, oh, yeah. like, you'll never get there because there's a troll that's, like, yeah. really terrible. You know, but he only likes the fruit of this tree. So they'd go and they risk their lives to get the fruit of the tree, go to the troll. The troll lets him across. Yeah. And that's, you know, like something like that. Like it was a nitpicky of it just could have been different to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, Steve, that rolls perfectly into my oak of arc, which was the tunnel because they didn't even need the crystal because all they had to do was dig a small tunnel that took one second and they could have gotten there anyway. Under the gorge. That's like. I don't know. To me, I think that's probably my second oak of arc. That that is mine. It's just like, what? I'll just, yeah, I'll just, oh, just dig a small tunnel to the other side of the uh, uh, Grand Canyon. Yeah, I'm just gonna dig under. Like, no, like, how many (laughs) miles is that to like dig under and go to the other side? That's like a lot. That's a long way, man. That's like no easy feat. (laughs) He walks her escaping Alcatraz style with a spoon. Under the gorge, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah no. massive gorge. Oh, yeah, we'll just you know, it's a gorge of fire. It's not I like there's like lava underneath like the gorge. But just the fact that the whole thing was that they had to get this. The whole thing was the rainbow bridge, you know. And then that's like just not even yeah. necessary if a tunnel will get you there. All the same, and these little like you know rock men can just do it. I don't know. It's like, whatever. That was just a big, whatever to me. The fact that the ogre was just kind of like a non entity in this story too, was kind of like, you know, whatever. Yeah, okay. It was kind of like, I'm going to eat you. And then, ah, and then he runs off and it's <laughs> and he's like, like eh, maybe I won't, whatever. Yeah. And even the rocks are like, you know, hurry, the ogre will come back. Yeah. And they like, don't seem concerned about it. And just like yeah. walk outside and you're like, Oh, we'll never get yeah. home. Not like, you know, if we don't move now, the ogres are going to kill us. So let's mm-hmm. get moving. You know, it's just not to nitpick again, but the hole that it dug was basically Ewok sized. Perfectly. So what are yeah. they going to do? Like, what are they going to do? Torture. Just, like, tube themselves down. Like, <laughs> just like, like, <laughs> like really wonkers, like yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. God, They're just going to Augustus gloop right out of there. That's it. <laughs> 
All right, good. What about good? Tell me your Ichiwawa moment. I think as a whole, I liked the return of this mechanic of okay. a ridiculously perilous moment. Like, she is going to die, you know? Like, yeah. for some silly reason, like, oh, I stepped on a thorn. Now I'm going yeah. to die. Yeah, like, that's it. Oh, the planet is going to blow up if yeah. we don't do this one thing. Simple you know? yeah. It's like, it, the fix is always simple, you know? But yeah. And I think I liked it. I liked the return of the mechanic. It felt very Ewok show-ish, mm-hmm. right? It it's did. Like, it did. It didn't feel like, okay, an extra comic. It didn't feel like that other Ewoks comic that we read. This one felt like an episode. Yeah, it did. Of Ewoks show. So yeah. I really... Mission accomplished. I really for sure. that. You mm-hmm. know, after I was done, I was like, oh, wow. Missing episode number, yep. you know, 25 exactly. of season one. Exactly. You know, kind of like, so oh, what about you? Well, mine uh, mine kind of takes a twist into the negative. But what I <laughs> what I really liked was the, the whole thing about like, oh, we don't have it. Oh, no. Uh, but then he has one in his in his pouch. He has this whatever it's called, not the sunflower. What were they called? The, the... sunny dew flower. <laughs> sunny D. Uh, the sunny the, the sunny dew <laughs> flower. <laughs> When you go back to the panel where the giant overturns or however the thing with the dew gets overturned, that you actually do see it splash into his pouch. Like it actually shows like you really can see it. And I like, yeah, I like that little attention to detail because you actually can see it happen. Man. But where it turns negative for me is like, but there were a million flowers. So why didn't he just grab one regardless? Like, why did it have to splash into his pouch? Because it ha- <laughs> that's true well i mean there was I, I didn't add it in there because it was that point at which it was like oh i do see it now on the yeah right so i missed it because i was like oh they had said oh you know look look it's the the honeydew or the sunny dew flowers are beginning <laughs> to grow but they acknowledged oh it's gonna be too late like by the time right. they grow and and bloom it's gonna be too late but i had missed it because he said at the very end there when he's like, oh, look, your bag is glowing. And he's like, oh, the uh, when the ogre spilled some of the neck, some of it must have gotten on the plant you had in your bag. And I was just like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, he when they got there, I had to go back and add it in because I was like, that's actually kind of pivotal to the story that he randomly picks up and he's like. He says, the least we can do is take it back with us. It's too dry for anything to grow well, uh, to grow right. well around. You're here. right. Like the last honey or sunny dew flower is like dead, practically. Right. And so he picks it up, puts it in his bag to bring it back, I guess, in, in order to replant it. And yeah. Hopes to replant it. And, and the, so the it's actually, yeah, so it's actually the dew. Yep, the dew causes uh, it to actually bloom or grow and bloom immediately. Because when the when the sunny dew stuff falls on the ground, it does seem to rapidly start growing. So it probably grows, right. you know, at a rapid rate. But you're like, right. yeah, I was like, wow, these subtle little details that I was like, wait a minute, that's like, true. What? I thought this was very cleverly written. That even it though is. it was like kind of weird, like the the choices that were made. I don't know. The ogre seemed pretty like intelligent yet dumb at the same time like i don't know it was like weird yeah. like, no you're right you corrected that that's a worthy payoff all right so the yes it's a full yeah. it's a full ichiwawa moment for me then because that's a good, good that's, that's a great a good payoff one. okay yeah. all right 
Well, then how many Yebnubs do you give this baby? I don't know. This was like, I don't want to be too generous. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like a four, two, five or four, five, like in the between okay. there. It's like, okay, it's tough. Like this was, I enjoyed reading it, you know? It, yeah. You're, you're right about the choice in artistic style is a little strange. Yeah. You know, I wish they kind of focused more on colorizing the main characters. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. And then everyone else did, did, wouldn't matter, right? Like, you know, Wicket, Tebow, Nisa. I mean, actually, Nisa, as far as the color scheme goes, fits quite well because she is kind of that, like, pale, purpley color. So it works for her. But, like, yeah. Tebow is, like, supposed to be yellow and Wicket's supposed to be, like, brown. And they're not. They don't yeah, quite, it's not a good, quite make it. They're like not green, a good look. So. Not a good look. They're like brownish green. So yeah, yeah. I, don't, I really enjoyed it. I don't know, like four or five. Yeah, yeah. like it's not like an episode. And I probably would have given this like a four or five as far as an episode because it would have been yeah. fun. I was gonna say four just because like I I hope that like we have room to grow, you know. But I I do I oh, think this was a strong too. entry, and I think it was a strong like. For four two five, okay. I think it was a strong uh, first issue, so yeah, I'm excited. Okay, this was a good one. This was a good Felt one. Felt good to be talking about uh, the Ewoks again. I know we only took like one episode away with droids, but <laughs> I was excited to be uh, talking Ewoks. Next time we are going to be back though in Star Wars Vintage with droids talking about uh, episode two, Escape into Terror. So you can watch along on Disney Plus, or if you've got the VHS tapes, you can uh, you can do that as well. But Escape into Terror for next time. All right. I can't All right. wait. I know. All right. Well, I'll see you next time. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> this Endorian Life is brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. Other shows on the network include Previously on X-Men, 90s Music Got Me Like, and 9021 Here We Go. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or Twitter at Endorian Life. And please rate, subscribe, and share this show wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah.